Welcome back to the MedBullets Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of transplant immunology found under the subsection of pathology under the immunology section on medbullets.com. Let's get into the episode. Let's start with a clinical snapshot. A 60-year-old man presents with nausea and vomiting to his primary care physician. Medical history is significant for a liver transplantation approximately two weeks prior to presentation. On physical examination, there is scleral icterus and mild ascites. A liver biopsy shows lymphocytic infiltrates in the interstitium. This is a case of acute rejection. Let's now go over a brief introduction about transplantation. Transplantation is a process by which cells, tissues, or organs, called a graft, from the donor are transplanted into a host, or the recipient. The immune system's ability to recognize and respond to foreign antigens bring challenges to transplantation. There are several types of grafts, including autograft, syngeneic graft or isograft, allograft, and xenograft. An autograft is when tissue is moved from one location to another in the same person, for example, skin graft and using the saphenous vein to replace a coronary artery. This graft will not be considered foreign and thus will not require lifelong immunosuppression. Moving on to syngeneic graft or isograft, this is when tissue is transplanted from one genetically identical donor to the host, for example, transplantation between monozygotic twins. With respect to allograft, this is when tissue is transplanted from one genetically different donor of the same species to the host, for example, kidney transplant. And finally, xenograft is when tissue is transplanted from a donor of a different species to the host, for example, a porcine heart valve. Alright, now let's get into further detail about transplant rejection. We'll go over the four main types of rejection, its pathogenesis, and important comments that you should keep in mind about each type. The first type of rejection is hyperacute rejection. This is a type 2 hypersensitivity reaction where pre-existing recipient antibodies attack the donor antigen, resulting in complement activation, endothelial damage, inflammation, and thrombosis. Important comments to keep in mind about hyperacute rejection is that it occurs between minutes to hours, and findings include capillary thrombosis, which prevents graft vascularization. The next type of rejection is acute rejection. There are two types of acute rejection. One is cellular rejection, and the other is humoral rejection. Cellular rejection is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction where recipient CD8-positive T-cells react to donor antigens after activation by antigen-presenting cells. And humoral rejection has the same pathogenesis as hyperacute rejection. However, the antibodies are formed after transplantation has occurred. Important points to keep in mind about acute rejection is that it occurs within weeks to months after transplantation. Remember, hyperacute rejection occurs within minutes to hours after transplantation. Findings of acute rejection include graft vessel vasculitis with lymphocytic infiltrates. Moving on to chronic rejection, this is a type 2 and type 4 hypersensitivity reaction secondary to CD4 positive T cells responding to the host's antigen-presenting cells. Important comments to remember regarding chronic rejection are that it occurs within months to years after transplantation. Remember, acute rejection occurs within weeks to months after transplantation, and hyperacute rejection occurs within minutes to hours after transplantation. 
Findings of chronic rejection include cytokine secretion after T-cell activation, which leads to smooth muscle proliferation, interstitial fibrosis, and parenchymal atrophy. And the last type of rejection is graft-versus-host disease. This is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction secondary to the donor's T-cells attacking the recipient cells leading to organ dysfunction. The timing of this reaction is variable, and findings include maculopapular rash, jaundice, diarrhea, and hepatosplenomegaly. Alright, let's quickly mention two types of tissue compatibility testing that can be used. The first is ABO blood typing, and the second is tissue typing, which can be used to see if HLA antigens match, and it focuses on HLA-A, HLA-B, and HLA-DR. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a 56-year-old woman comes to the clinic for a post-operative follow-up appointment. She underwent a liver transplant three months ago for cirrhosis secondary to autoimmune hepatitis. The patient is complaining of nausea, abdominal cramps, and diarrhea for the past two weeks. She denies vision changes, chest pain, vomiting, or urinary symptoms. When asked if anything could have brought on the symptoms, she reports that she was stung by a bee one week ago. She is currently taking tacrolimus and mycophenolate. A physical examination demonstrates overactive bowel sounds, abdominal tenderness especially at the right upper quadrant, and a maculopapular rash on her back. Which of the following is the most likely explanation for this patient's symptoms? 1. Medication side effects. 2. Type 1 hypersensitivity reaction. 3. Type 2 hypersensitivity reaction. 4. Type 3 hypersensitivity reaction or 5, type 4 hypersensitivity reaction. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, type 4 hypersensitivity reaction. This patient is presenting with acute graft-versus-host reaction, marked by her maculopapular rash, gastrointestinal symptoms, and abdominal pain in the setting of a recent liver transplantation. Graft-versus-host reaction is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction. Remember, acute graft-versus-host disease, GVHD, is a common complication of allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplant. However, it is worth noting that GVHD can also result from liver transplantation due to the abundance of lymphocytes within the liver. Graft immunocompetent T cells proliferate in the immunocompromised host and reject host cells with, quote, foreign proteins. The initial signs and symptoms of acute GVHD most commonly occur around the time of white blood cell engraftment, which occurs before 100 days post-transplantation. Common presentations include maculopapular rash, diarrhea, abdominal pain, nausea and vomiting, and abnormal liver functions marked by jaundice. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, medication side effects such as tacrolimus and mycophenolate include neurotoxicity, nephrotoxicity, pancytopenia, hyperglycemia, and GI upset. Although this patient is presenting with diarrhea, her other symptoms in the setting of a recent liver transplantation suggests GVHD. Answer choice 2, Type 1 hypersensitivity reaction is a possible differential diagnosis given her recent bee sting. However, patients usually present with immediate anaphylaxis and or atopic symptoms such as rash and difficulty breathing.
This patient's symptoms also presented prior to the bee sting. Answer choice 3. Type 2 hypersensitivity reaction is the pathophysiology of hyperacute transplant rejections, whereby pre-existing recipient antibodies react to donor antigens leading to widespread thrombosis of graft vessels and organ necrosis. And answer choice 4, type 3 hypersensitivity reaction is the pathophysiology of systemic lupus erythematosus, which can present with rash, photosensitivity, renal disease, and joint pain. This patient is not presenting with these symptoms, except for maculopapular rash. In summary, graft-versus-host disease is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction that commonly presents with skin rash, diarrhea, abdominal pain, and jaundice. Next question. A 40-year-old male with a history of chronic alcoholism recently received a liver transplant. Two weeks following the transplant, the patient presents with a skin rash and frequent episodes of bloody diarrhea. A colonoscopy is performed and biopsy reveals apoptosis of colonic epithelial cells. What is most likely mediating these symptoms? Answer choice 1. Donor T-cells. Answer choice 2. Recipient T-cells. Answer choice 3. Donor B-cells. Answer choice 4 recipient B cells, or answer choice 5, recipient antibodies. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, donor T cells. The patient in this question is suffering from graft-versus-host disease, GVHD, following liver transplantation. In GVHD, there is donor T cell-mediated attack of recipient tissues. GVHD is more common following bone marrow transplantation, but it can also occur when the organ being transplanted is rich in lymphoid cells like the liver. Typical manifestations of GVHD include diarrhea, skin rash, and jaundice, as donor T cells typically target the gastrointestinal tract, skin, and liver, respectively. A colonoscopy and colonic biopsy can be used in the detection of GVHD in the gut. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. Heidelbaugh and Sherbondi review chronic liver failure. Liver failure should be considered when medical therapy for advanced cirrhosis has failed. Recent advances in immunosuppression and risk stratification of potential transplant recipients has improved long-term survival rates of recipients. Next citation. Salmasian et al. review the treatment of GVHD after allogenic stem cell transplantation and conclude that there is insufficient evidence to determine the appropriate dosing regimens of corticosteroids for acute GVHD. Typical treatment of GVHD consists of immunosuppression with corticosteroids such as prednisone, cyclosporin, azathioprine, monoclonal antibodies to T lymphocytes such as antithymocyte globulin, or methotrexate. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choices 2, 4, and 5, recipient T cells, recipient B cells, and recipient antibodies, are incorrect because recipient cells and antibodies are not involved in the pathogenesis of GVHD. In answer choice 3, donor B cells have not been found to be responsible for GVHD. And the last question, a 42-year-old woman with a history of orthotopic liver transplant presents to her surgeon with two days of fever at 101 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.3 degrees Celsius at home and feelings of nausea and fatigue. 
The patient underwent liver transplantation from a deceased donor two months prior as a result of fulminant liver failure secondary to acetaminophen overdose. She had been recovering well since surgery until these symptoms began. On exam, her temperature is 100.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.1 degrees Celsius, blood pressure is 108 over 76 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 84 per minute, and respirations are 14 per minute. The patient has mild scleral icterus. There is mild abdominal tenderness to palpation, which has been present since surgery. The following labs are drawn. Hemoglobin level is 13.0 grams per deciliter. Leukocyte count is 13,000. Aspartate aminotransferase, or AST, is 50 units per liter. Note that the normal range is between 5 and 40 units per liter. Alanine aminotransferase, or ALT, is 150 units per liter. Note that the normal range is 5 to 40 units per liter. And alkaline phosphatase, or ALP, is 280 units per liter. Note that the normal range is between 35 and 130 units per liter. A liver biopsy is performed showing dense lymphocytic infiltrates. Which of the following is the most likely predominant mechanism for this patient's rejection? 1. CD4 positive T cells responding to antigen presenting cells presenting donor peptides. 2. CD8 positive T cells activated against HLA antigens in the donor tissue. 3. Complement activation. 4 grafted T-cells rejecting the host, or 5, recipient antibodies reacting to donor antigen. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2. CD8-positive T-cells activated against HLA antigens in the donor tissue. A transplant patient with elevated liver function tests, AST, ALT, and ALP, and biopsy demonstrating a dense lymphocytic infiltrate two months after transplant likely has acute cellular rejection, which involves CD8-positive T-cells activated against HLA antigens in the donor tissue. Remember, acute cellular rejection occurs in the first several months after transplantation and is cell-mediated through the activation of T-cells. This usually results from CD8-positive T-cells responding to HLA or MHC antigens in the donor tissue and can result in short-term organ dysfunction or cutaneous manifestations in vascularized composite allotransplantation, for example in hand and arm transplants, abdominal wall transplants, and face transplants. A graft biopsy is needed for diagnosis and would demonstrate vasculitis in the graft and a dense lymphocytic infiltrate. Acute cellular rejection typically responds to higher levels of immunosuppression. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, CD4-positive T-cells responding to antigen-presenting cells presenting donor peptides is seen in chronic graft rejection. Chronic rejection occurs months to years after transplantation and can be both antibody and cell-mediated. This results in progressive arterial sclerosis and organ fibrosis. Answer choice 3, complement activation occurs when antibodies react to the donor antigen, which can be seen in hyperacute rejection. While acute cellular rejection can also include a humoral component with antibodies, this patient demonstrates a lymphocytic infiltrate in the graft, suggesting a cell-mediated rejection.
Answer choice four. Grafted T cells rejecting the host is a different condition occurring in graft versus host disease. This occurs when a bone marrow transplantation brings immunocompetent donor cells into an immunocompromised host, causing rejection of the host cells. And finally, answer choice five. Recipient antibodies reacting to donor antigen occurs in hyperacute rejection. However, antibodies can also play a role in both acute and chronic rejection as well. This patient has a dense lymphocytic infiltrate on biopsy, suggesting an important cell-mediated role. In summary, acute cellular rejection is primarily cell-mediated through CD8-positive T-cells in the first few months after transplantation and can be seen on biopsy as a dense lymphocytic infiltrate. That's all for this review about transplant immunology. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.